Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayers morning Bible study and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let us take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you've done for us in our lives, Lord. And we just thank you for the peace and the joy that you give us, Lord, and that you're surrounding us from every side, Lord, and that you care for us, Lord, and you look out for us. And Lord, we also just thank you that we have the opportunity to be in your perfect will, Lord, and to do your will on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. Glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Word in the book of Acts. We are continuing our discussion of in chapter 20, covering verses 13 through 24. So if it's your first time joining us, or you just have to uh, or feel the need to refresh yourself on that section of Scripture, we want to encourage you to just pause the episode now and take the time and opportunity to cover down on that and have an easier time to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, and at this time, we're going to open the floor to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have. So who'd like to begin? Well, I will. All right, I promise. And the Lord's first talking to me about how Paul was talking about how he was supposed to go to Jerusalem and he already purposed inside of his heart what he was supposed to do because the Lord had already told him. Mm-hmm. And the Lord brought me to um, 2 Corinthians Second Corinthians 9, mm-hmm. 10 through 11. Sorry, and 12. Okay. And it says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, um, one second. but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. For, for we who are alive are, are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Promise was that... Oh. Um, Second Corinthians four that you're reading from. Oh, sorry, my bad. It was Second Corinthians five. I th- I think you're, that was Second Corinthians chapter four, um, verses eight through twelve. Look at it again for us, real quick, just to confirm. I know you had so many sections marked out. I can see all the little markers hanging out of your Bible. Okay, so it was chapter four. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter four. Uh, verses 8 through 12. Okay, excellent. And the Lord showed me that um, when most Christians think about persecution, all they think about is just dying and saying, well, Lord, I already know I'm going to die, so I might as well just mark it down. And the Lord showed me that that's not how we're supposed to be looking at it. They more so think as being dead as the end of all things instead of seeing um, as what Paul said inside of... First Corinthians um, 15, verse 49. 
And as we have become, as we have borne the image of man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Mm. And then we'll also read verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Amen. So we know that when, when we die, that we'll also be resurrected and also will be inside of the best, will be inside of a good part. And that the Lord always means the best towards us so that it's not, um, the, I believe Paul says this, that the, um, for, latter will be better than the former. And how, when we, um, look at death not as a physical thing, but understanding that it's also not necessarily that's the Lord's will for us to die because we know that it's not the Lord's will for us to die, but looking at it as by dying, I'm glorifying the Lord. And it's because that there's an enemy inside of the world that's trying to get rid of the gospel. But instead of, but instead of the enemy stopping the gospel, it will only be fur- furthered. furthered. It then, I would like to bring you to Second Corinthians um, five, five, eight. Mhm. me to read it for you, or you got it? Oh, you got it, mommy. Okay, my love. For we are confident. Yes, well, please rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So we can see inside the section that whenever. What that means, it doesn't necessarily mean that when we die that we're going to be present with the Lord, but it means that whenever we sacrifice something inside of the flesh for the Lord, then we're able to link up with the Holy Spirit, and as a result, His will is able to be worked out inside of our lives. Okay, well, let's read verse 9 with that as well. It says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. Mm-hmm. So... While we're we're talking about clinging to the Lord through throughout our lifetime, and if we need to sacrifice our natural life, whether it be the ending of our life and transitioning into the heavenly community, or it be a facet of our life, like our personal will about something, it is still our goal to be pleasing to the Lord. And when we do that, we honor God. Um. The Lord said it in this way, take up your cross and follow me. Instead of seeking it to pursue what you desire, whether it's in a, a small thing, a minute thing, or if it's in a large, grander thing, um, the cost of your your natural life, follow him in all things. And that way we are able to please the Father. So amen. It doesn't specific, like it's not limited to just being dying on the earth and going to heaven, but it's dying in our to ourselves to be alive towards christ yes my love go ahead and then the lord also brought me to um second corinthians 9 6 through 7 where it says but this i say he who sows he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully so let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. We'll also read verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, 
that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance of for every good work. Mm-hmm. And we know inside of James it says that every good thing comes from above. Mm-hmm. And because we know this, not only will the Lord preserve our physical lives, but also we'll have eternal, eternal life in him. Mm-hmm. And Lord, show me that while the world may say that if you become a Christian, if you give up certain things, that you, you're losing something. Mm-hmm. While it is true that you're losing something, it's only for your good. Amen. You're losing the things that will draw you away from Christ and take you to hell. That That's really the only... <laughs> And that's loss. really the only thing, the only loss that there is when what the Lord asks you to let go of for him, because he always wants to lead us in the way of life. But I really like that you, the Holy Spirit ministered 2 Corinthians 9 to you in, in correlation what we're talking about in Acts 20, Paul um, being able to carry this out with joy. Uh, verse 24 says that I may finish my race with joy, but connecting that with being a cheerful giver. The scripture tells us if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. Then we'll have reward for what we're doing. But doing it grudgingly, angrily towards God, like, Lord, I'm going to listen to you, but I sure am mad at you about it. It takes away from us honoring him. And even the scripture tells us, uh, and actually Paul is the one who wrote this, that we are a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Right, that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, because this is what honors God. And it's actually the least we could do after all that he's done for us. This is the very least we could do for him is to give him our physical body, give him our natural life as a living sacrifice that daily, we, while we are alive, we are offering to him that fragrance and that sweet aroma that he desires, which is for us to choose him to set our affections upon him and to love his will more than we love our own and to love his coming and his life, his preferences more than we love our own and to love his commandments so that we do those and reflect to him and honor him in the way that he has asked us to do so. So I I really love that the Holy Spirit connected this for you and that you you shared that because it is profound. Amen. When it's twofold here, right? We have been continually discussing what Paul has done and his mindset and, I'll say, his actions, attitudes, behaviors towards the Lord and the Lord's people, right? He can only give to these people because he has received. Amen. But let's look at the, from the Lord, right? Everything that's good, and as he says in in verse 20, right? How I kept back nothing that was helpful but proclaimed it to you and taught it to you, right? And from ho- and house to house, right? Yes. But let's look at something else. We forget the other side of that, or I'll say we often overlook the other side of that. What about these elders? They had to set aside whatever they had going on in order to travel the 20 to 30 miles to this place where Paul was in order to receive the final bit of instruction, if you will, face-to-face. This was literally the last opportunity, and I guess it's jumping a little ahead. In verse 25 of this chapter, Paul says, Indeed, now I know that you, you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. So for them, for these elders, 
they also had to listen and be led by Holy Spirit to go, hey, you need to go to this place like Paul is, is asking you to, to come, to travel, in order to receive this instruction, this encouragement, this admonishment that you need so that, wait, not just for themselves, but for their ministries. And we'll cover that in more detail in the next section of Scripture. They're receiving something that they can then teach now to, or continue to teach, and be encouraged to teach to all the rest of the people. So we all have to receive all that the Lord has purposed for us to have. Because it's not just for our own good, it's for the good of those around us. So in the same way, if they had have resisted or rejected the letter or purposed not to go, if they were too busy, they would have missed out on this opportunity. Yes, we know that Paul did write uh, the letter or the epistle to the Ephesians. However, this was a a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I bring that up because we need to understand the the importance and the significance of when the when Holy Spirit prompts us, or when the Father through Holy Spirit prompts us to go do something. Mm-hmm. Understand that it is for a reason, a significant reason, not just in our life, but in the lives of those around us, now and in the future. We all have a destiny track to walk before the Lord. And there are many, many, I'll say, intersections and people that are impacted along the way. If they had have missed this, how many lives would have not had the same impact? Mm-hmm. Would that would have missed out on something key because they didn't receive what they were supposed to, what the Lord had purposed and planned for them to receive. Or maybe they would have received it secondhand or at a later time. But how many people wouldn't have received it when it was needed up until that potentially second time or the time in the Lord's permissive will? which is a dangerous place to be. So understanding all that the Lord wants there, right? Again, we often overlook, I'll say, these elders had to, or the fact that these elders had to listen to the Holy Spirit themselves and then purpose, hey, I'm going to make this journey. They could have been unwilling. They could have been tired and said, no, I'm not making the trip. It's not worth it. I've got enough to do here. But they purposed in their heart, clearly, to make the trip and to receive all that the Lord had for them at this time. It's needed for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but Charles, you had something you wanted to share? Yes, it's slightly on a different um, tangent, I'd say, from what Promise was sharing. But what the Lord was speaking to me about and showing me in here was that we see that Paul was joyfully doing this, mm-hmm. meaning that he said, it is better for me, this is essentially what he's saying in verse 24, it's better for me to die in the will of the Lord than it is to live for however long afterwards in my own will or what I think should be my will. Mm-hmm. And we can see here is that Paul had to lay down his will completely. There was not just a, okay, Lord, I'll take up your will when it suits me and or it looks mm-hmm. good and I'm getting all the attention. But mm-hmm. this was a total submission of will that Paul had to go through, and it was also a consistent submission. We look back in previous chapters and we see that Paul understood what he had to go through. 
to some level or some sort, but we know that he was told exactly what he was going to have to go through, meaning that there was going to be tribulations because Paul refers to it here. Mm -hmm. And we see that Paul was still willing to go forth and was still willing to go in time with what the Lord had for him, not trying to delay it, saying, Lord, 20 more years and then I'll be ready. Mm -hmm. But he went for it willingly and when the Lord told him to. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, the Lord can tell us things at times, but we, to have a visual on exactly how it's going to look, we don't always know. The Lord gives enough, he gives us the details, but you know, how many times has God said something to you? He's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to bless you and et cetera, et cetera. But then when we get to it, we're like, I didn't expect it to look like that at all. You know, you're surprised in how it's, it actually plays out according to the will of God, but you're not surprised in the way that you didn't know anything was going to happen. It just, your imagination couldn't capture fully what God was saying. So he absolutely understood what the Lord was saying. There was, there was no, um, no qualms about that in what he wrote. But, um, when he said the things that will happen, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, like exactly, it's going to be, you know, Shmuel's face doing this, that, and the other. He probably didn't know that specifically, but he knew that what the Lord was saying was enough. His mind probably couldn't imagine how, you know, and the Lord maybe didn't show him step by step by step by step everything that was going to happen because there's an element of his faith that needs to arise and be in action here and just trust the Lord. He gave him enough information to be well aware, fully, fully aware of what was going to happen and advised as to what to hap- what was going to happen, but allow him to trust the Lord as well. Um, so that that's usually how that plays out. The Lord says something, but we want to visualize it and imagine it in our minds. But that is often very different from how the Lord carries things out. So I promise you had something, sweetie. Yes, mommy. What is and it, my love? Lois also reminded me, as what Charles was talking about, how... That Paul had to be in line with the what the Lord was saying and not go, Lord, I have to be I'm gonna be ready for that twenty years later. Mm-hmm. Lord also reminding me what um a level maturity a level maturity that also has to come is um understanding that I will also has to be the Lord's will and not and Lord remind me of inside Galatians where it talks about the fruits of the spirit and mm-hmm. how the fruits of the spirit is when we align ourselves with the Lord and as a result whatever the Lord wants becomes our will. Amen. Amen. And we have to willingly um, submit or to lay down our personal will and preference to take upon ourselves and to make our own what God has already stated that it is that is his will. We have to exchange it, throw our, our thoughts and ideas about something to the side, throw it in the garbage, if you will. And then what God has said, this is my perfect plan. This is what my heart desires. This is my will. And we have to take that and make it our own and pursue God and pursue what the Lord says is his will, just like it was our own idea. Sometimes that's really hard for humans to, um, to grasp. And Charles, you said something else that really stood out to me, um, that it was better if his life were shortened to live a shortened life for Christ than it was to live long on the earth and his own fleshly desires. He valued that and prized that, right? And he started to go, okay, yes, I know naturally this was my expectation. I wanted to be an old man. I wanted to do this, that, and the other. But hey, if I get out of here early, 
I get a, a well done, though, good and faithful servant. And then I get to start my life with you sooner. Not that he was trying to end his life prematurely. Paul was not doing that. He wasn't looking at suicide or any of those ungodly, um, any of those ungodly mindsets or desires, but he was saying, Lord, as you show me what my lifespan looks like, how I can honor you perfectly with my days, I want to let go of what I thought and take what you said and see the value and the benefit that's set before me therein. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you that you have given us each a destiny, Lord, and that your will becomes our will, Lord. We thank you for your written and your spoken word, Lord. We thank you for our brothers and sister, sisters in Christ Jesus, our listeners, and our partners, God. And we ask that you'll continue to bless them, continue to show them more of yourself, Lord, and to disclose your love and your blessings on them, God, and in their lives, Lord. And we just thank you for all those things in this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. In amen. Jesus' almighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.